This is Lawyer to Lawyer, the award-winning legal podcast with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. West Coast meets East Coast, and yes, they are attorneys, bringing you the latest legal news and observations every week with the leading experts in the legal profession. Produced right here on the Legal Talk Network. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. This is Bob Ambrogi. I'm glad you could join us today. Uh, I'm coming to you from Massachusetts. My co-host, Jay Craig Williams, who normally joins us from California, is away on business today, so he won't be with us. We suspect he's actually off skiing, but he says he's in a deposition. Uh, today's show is sponsored by Clio, the web-based practice management software, which is available at goclio.com. Today's show is being recorded on the day before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, of course, is a time when we all stop to give thanks for what we have and also to give some thought to those who are less fortunate than us. Especially this year in this economy, uh, there are a number, there are uh, even many, many more people than usual, perhaps, who, who need our thoughts this year and could use our help. So today on Lawyer to Lawyer, we're going to talk to representatives from three different organizations that uh, work on helping people year-round. Two of them are organizations uh, that specifically involve lawyers in helping others, and the third is is a more uh, general organization. Um, We're going to start today by talking about the Massachusetts Bar Foundation and Joining us to do that is Elizabeth M. Lynch, the executive director of the Massachusetts Bar Foundation. Beth Lynch oversees the MBF's uh, operations, grant-making, and strategic development activities. She's been with the Mass Bar Foundation since 2000. The Mass Bar Foundation is the... uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts' premier legal charity. Through its activities, the Bar Foundation works to increase access to justice for all Massachusetts citizens. So I'd like to welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Beth Lynch. Thank you. Beth, uh, well, before we begin, I I guess in the interest of full disclosure, I, of course, have to acknowledge the fact that I am uh, a trustee of the Massachusetts Bar Foundation, so I am Anything but neutral about its work. Uh, I'm a I'm a huge fan of the work of the Mass Bar Foundation and think it's uh, an extremely important organization. But, but Beth, why don't you tell us uh, what the Mass Bar Foundation is and what it does? Um, the Mass Bar Foundation does two things: we raise money and we give it away, um, and that's in its most simplest terms. Um, we raise money from uh, very generous lawyers and judges um, all across the Commonwealth, and then we give it away to nonprofit groups that provide. Um, critical civil legal assistance to low-income clients across the state. Um, We are also the organization um, that provides a statewide um, interest on lawyers' trust account funding out in grants. Um, And last year, that came to about $5 million. So it's really um, one of the the larger contributions to legal assistance outside of the government. Well, certainly lawyers who've been paying attention have been reading that uh, IOLTA contributions uh, have suffered as a result of the economy all across the country, not just in Massachusetts. Uh, what has the fundraising situation been like for the Mass Bar Foundation over the past year? Um, well, for IOLTA, it's been um, dismal, as you just said, as it has been everywhere else. Um, we 
are very lucky. We've had some um, reserve funds that we've built up in the past that we were able to use to supplement our grant awards. Um, but hopefully uh, the IOLTA situation will turn around in the next year or so and we can see it already beginning to creep back up a bit. However, I think it's going to be uh, quite some time before we achieve the levels that um, we had maybe in, in our peak year in, in 2007-2008. Um, from lawyer and judge financial contributions to the foundation, um, we actually are, are so pleased because it's remained steady, if not um, increased, uh, certainly since the um, the recession began. Um, I think that that's because they know how important the legal aid programs are, um, how important they are to protecting the integrity of the entire justice system, and they give generously and they give often. So in that respect, we're lucky. But, you know, again, making up the gaps from the loss in, in funding on all different fronts, on the state, federal, and the IOLTA fronts, it's, it's a pretty gigantic task right now. So what is the impact uh, of the economy and the recession been on the grant recipients that you work with? Well, I think um, the, you know, I haven't come across any organization who hasn't been touched by it. Um, it both at the organization level, they're all facing cuts, some of which have been very unexpected. For example, um, uh, all the legislative funding was cut for um, alternative dispute resolution programs, um, and that might have been a real core part of their budget. And, you know, certainly with any private funders, you, you run the risks of, you know, they have to cut back their funding due to losses in the investments. Um, and then at the same time, they're trying to provide services to a growing population of people um, that really do need legal assistance to overcome barriers that are, are, are impeding their ability to be safe, to lead, lead productive lives. Um, you know, so they're being asked to do more with even less, and I think it can be very overwhelming because the less is, is certainly, um, you know, it's growing daily. I think we haven't seen really a strong rebound yet. So there have been a lot of layoffs. There have been a lot of cuts. There have been cuts to the organizations that maybe legal services agencies refer people to. So a lot of the resources they might have had to rely on to people that they might not have been able to serve otherwise, those are gone. So I think more and more people are winding up seeking legal aid and there's just not enough to go around. Well, uh, you know, turning away, I guess, from the, the bad news of the economy for a second, I, w- I wonder if you could give us an example of some of the good things that the Mass Bar Foundation does, either either the way it's helped, uh, you know, a particular client or, or a particular agency. Uh, give us a taste of what the what the Bar Foundation does around the state. Oh, I think the best thing about the Mass Bar Foundation is, is the broad number of areas that we help support um, through the grants. We do programs for that help people with housing, domestic violence, immigration, access to justice issues such as like I said before, ADR, um, access to special ed. And I think without these programs, people, you know, would be really in a bad, in a bad position. Um, you have core legal services providers, but the MBF grants help shore up not just the, the, the main players in the system, but we also fund a number of small nonprofits. For example, um, you know, housing is certainly the, the main issue, I think, that comes up if you ask um, any of our grantees, what are you seeing the highest number of clients coming forward with issues? It's, it's housing issues or threats 
that are going to make someone homeless, either from predatory lending, um, from tenants being dislocated due to the owner falling into foreclosure, uh, evictions because someone's lost their job um, and they can't pay their rent anymore, and it's you know they or they need an accessible housing unit and they can't find it. MBF grantees can provide representation that can help someone in those situations, either you know remedy them or get the best possible um, outcome. Um, as far as you know, specific cases going, certainly one of my um, my favorite type of program that we do that I'm always so inspired about is, is the representation for political asylum. Um, there aren't a lot of private funders that do support this work, um, but the Mass Bar Foundation provides a, a high volume of grants um, to organizations that are sort of the core network of resources that you can go to to get help with a political asylum claim. Um, and one one client that was helped this year um, by Community Legal Services and Counseling Center in Cambridge um, was a woman who had um, been involved in peasant movements in Haiti. Um, she was abducted. She was beaten, threatened, interrogated. Um, they had her brother had disappeared, and she presumed he was dead, and was terrified that this was also going to be her fate. So she fled to the United States with two small children. Um, and when she came, she was able to get hooked up with. Um, some very experienced asylum attorneys at Classic who could take her case on an emergency basis because um, there's a very quick um, deadline to get that case filed. You have to do it from within one year of arriving. Um, and they were able to get a- a- asylum for her, which has now made her eligible to work here legally. So her, her, she and her two kids have now moved out of a shelter. They have their own apartment, and they're on their way. Um, and I think, you know, that's a really good example of one just, you know, the incredible humanity involved in these programs, but also how cost-effective legal aid is in dealing with poverty. I think, you know, again, if a lawyer can help remove the barriers somebody is facing to moving ahead in their lives, there's there's going to be less cost, you know, from anywhere from public assistance to, you know, health care to any, any myriad of things that make up, you know, a person who's trapped in poverty. So I think it's really just a great way to address these sorts of problems. And it's inspiring. It's really exciting work. It's definitely inspiring. We're, we're running low on time, but but before I let you go, uh, I know this is a special year for the Mass Bar Foundation, and I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about what's going on there. Um, it's our 45th anniversary, um, and even though we don't usually hold a major fundraiser every year, we know everyone is facing such acute funding shortages that we thought this year um, we would have an event that would bring all the lawyers and judges and grantees and any other friends we might have together um, to raise funds to try and supplement um, those scarce resources. And so we are holding a gala on January 14th, and we're very honored that Governor Deval Patrick is going to be joining us. Um, and we hope everyone will come out and join our effort to increase the funding for legal aid. I know there's information about that on your website, which is, I believe, massbarfoundation.org. And there's going to be a, a silent auction as part of that as well, right? There is going to be a fabulous silent auction. And that's going to go live online, I believe, um, December 4th, I think. Um, and that you can access right through our website. So you can give and receive at the same time. Um, and we've got some really great items to bid on, Red Sox tickets, travel packages, you name it, it's all um, its all going to be part of the auction. All right. Well, Beth, uh, if any of our listeners want to follow up with you directly, how's the best? what's the best way for them to do that? Um, the fastest way is email. And my um, email is on our website or it's elynch at massbar.org. 
um, and our, or you can just call us direct. Well, I really appreciate your taking the time to be with us, and I'm, I'm certainly honored to be part of this this uh, very uh, esteemed and distinguished organization. And I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Thanks. You too. Good to talk to you. See you. All right. Thanks, Bob. I'd like to welcome our next guest on today's program is Scott Inman. Uh, Scott is Senior Corporate Relations Manager at the Home for Little Wanderers, a nationally known private nonprofit child and family service agency. It has been part of the Massachusetts landscape for more than 200 years, making it the oldest agency of its kind in the nation and one of the largest in New England. Originally founded as an orphanage in 1799, the organization plays a leadership role in delivering services to thousands of children and families each year through a system of residential, community-based, and prevention programs, direct care services, and advocacy. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Scott Inman. Thank you. Scott, uh, tell, give our listeners an overview of, of the home for Little Wanderers and, and the work it does. Well, I think you've covered quite a bit of our history there. We started out back in the 1700s, and over time we have evolved as the need for child care has evolved. And today, um, most people would be surprised to know that we have uh, about 18 programs throughout eastern Massachusetts that help children that have... Um, behavioral issues and and many times those behavioral issues are caused by abuse or neglect and you know last year there were more than 35,000 cases of abuse and neglect in Massachusetts so if you can imagine sitting in Fenway Park looking around and every seat filled by an abused child it kind of puts in perspective what we're dealing with and uh, so what we do is the Home for Little Wanderers becomes a safe haven for many of those kids. And not only do we provide them immediate protection and a safe place to live, but we also prepare them for a meaningful and productive lives. And Scott, uh, we were just talking in our last segment about the impact of, of the economy on, on charitable organizations here in Massachusetts and throughout the country. Uh, has your organization seen or felt any of that? Sure, we have. I think we're no different than any other any business or individual. You know, we're all feeling the pinch. Um, we're kind of impacted in two ways. Um, the state budget cuts have had a dramatic impact on us and have changed the way that we end up caring for our kids. And but luckily, we have a great donor base who. Um, despite the economy, still want to give and are, you know, trying to do creative things to help us get through these times. You know, we have companies that are foregoing their holiday parties and donating the money to the home. We have a couple companies that have put together a gift card challenge where they'll match the value of any gift card that gets donated to the home. So, uh, as long as, as we know, there are trying times, but we seem to be making it through okay. You personally have an interesting story in that you left behind the corporate world to take the job that you now have. What what led you to make this transition from from uh, from the corporate world to working at the at the Home for Little Wanderers? Well, I had an experience where I went down to Bogota, Colombia, with an organization and do some mission work. And while I was there, I ended up doing things that I never dreamed I was capable of doing. And um, so I think I realized that God had given me an energy and wanted me to do a little bit more with my life. And when I came back, I started looking around and I 
came across the Home for Little Wanderers and saw the wonderful things that they were doing to help kids, and I actually started out as a volunteer here and very quickly realized it was a great match for my business skills and also my passion to help kids, so I ended up selling my business, and I've been here for five years now, and I'm blessed to be doing what I'm doing. Good for you. How how important are volunteers to the work that you do there? Uh, we rely heavily on volunteers. There's a couple of different ways. We've got volunteer groups, companies, and organizations will come in. And the best way I can relate to is back in my business, you know, everybody sits there and you've got a pile of things on your desk that you've got to do. And it just never seems to end. Well, our staff has those items too. And it's, you know, you know things like painting and raking and just keeping up the premises, but their main focus is on taking care of the kids. So a lot of that stuff never gets taken care of. So when a volunteer group comes in and can paint the bedrooms or rake the yard, when the staff comes in on the next day and sees that there's something done that they don't have to do that looks great, they're in a great mood, and it has a tremendous ripple effect on the kids because they see, a, you know, that people have come in and spruced up where they're living. So volunteer groups play a big role here, and also mentoring is a really important part of kids. There's some statistics that, you know, a school attendance goes up and bad behaviors like drugs and crime go down dramatically when a child has a mentor. So when people come in and mentor our kids, it's having a dramatic impact on the outcomes of their success and graduating from high school and, and leading productive lives. I wonder if there's a, a story you could tell us that might illustrate you know, a, a particular case or, or, or the work that you do that could help our listeners better understand it. Well, we have a lot of success stories, and, and I think that's what inspires our staff to keep going. It's, it's interesting because I come from the business world, and I'm used to working on a project and getting it done. Our staff work with these kids on a day-to-day basis and, and realize that they may not have an impact on these kids for another you know, a month, two months, a, a year, but they know that they're having an impact. Um, we had a child um, who had been abused by his uh, mother since birth, and it kind of got exacerbated because uh, she had been allowed to homeschool. So the abuse went on for years before it ever got reported by one of the neighbors. And when this boy came to us, he was pretty screwed up, as you can imagine. And, and to deal with his behavioral issues, he used to bang his head against the wall until he'd fall asleep. And that's how he'd fall asleep at night. Our staff worked with him and, you know, helped him to, to, with his trauma and gave him the skills that he needed to be able to cope with his issues. And, you know, they, they loved him. You know, a lot of times the, our staff is the only stable relation, adult relationship our kids have ever had. And so they worked with him. And today that boy now works at a YMCA helping other kids. And I tell you, when I hear a story like that, it's just, it's what makes it all worthwhile. That's great. A lot of our listeners uh, are in the legal profession or lawyers themselves. Uh, For people listening to this program, are there ways that they can uh, become involved or help out uh, in the work that you do? 
certainly is, and this is a great time being the holiday season now. Uh, we have a, on our website, um, www.thehome.org, a whole variety of ways that people can get involved. We allow each of our kids this holiday season to request up to four gifts. And so we have an online gift registry where individuals can go in and pledge a gift and then buy that gift for a child. We've also set up an Adopt-A-Family program, and we talked earlier about the budget cuts. One of the ways that the state cut some of the budget was they took out one of the clothing allowances for the kids. So we've established this Adopt-A-Family program, which is great for companies or organizations where they can go in and buy necessities like clothing, you know, shoes and pants and shirts, winter coats for every member of the family. And that's all online, so it's pretty easy to go in, and it's a great thing for organizations because you can have certain departments go by for different family members. For those that don't like to shop, we also have an online toy store that has a lot of the therapeutic-type gifts that our kids need. And those items can be purchased online and can uh, be delivered directly to the toy room that we have. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have Coldwell Banker Residential Brokerage Cares, and Bernie and Phil's have set up this gift card challenge uh, where they'll match the value of any gift card that's given to the, the home. And for a lot of our kids, the older kids, gift cards are a great item for them because it they can go get what they want, but we can also use it as a, a learning lesson for those kids where they learn to go out and interact with a store clerk. They get to learn some budgeting. You know, they want a pair of pants that cost $70 and they have a gift card of $50. How do they handle that? Or vice versa, they've got a $100 gift card and the pants are only $70. How do they handle that? So we use that as a life lesson for the kids, but it also is a great way for those kids who are the older kids to be able to get the kinds of gifts that they want. Scott, as you said, the uh, organization is on the web at thehome.org. Is there uh, uh, a good way for listeners to follow up directly with you if they want to do that? You know, my information is all on the website there. and uh, But certainly, yeah, they can follow up. Uh, my email is on there and phone number's on there too. Well, Scott Inman, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us today about the Home for Little Wanderers, and uh, I wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. Well, thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about the great things that our staff is doing here to help these kids. We're going to take a short break right now. When we return, we're going to talk to Attorney Neil Phillip, Chairperson of the Board of Directors of Lawyers Helping Hungry Children. Imagine how much easier managing your practice would be if your practice management software was web-based. Your practice would be available anywhere you have an internet connection, completely secure, backed up continuously, and most importantly, easy to use, allowing you to spend your valuable time building your practice instead of managing technology. Start simplifying your practice today with Clio. Sign up for a free, fully functional 30-day trial at www.goclio.com. Use promotional code L2L for a 25% discount. Don't miss out on the latest in new media marketing opportunities for your firm. Contact Deb Kern at 781-551-9960 and learn all about the Web 2.0 revolution.
Welcome back to Lawyer to Lawyer on the Legal Talk Network. We're highlighting uh, a few of the organizations that are helping people in need going into this holiday season. And joining us next is Attorney Neil Phillip. Neil is chairperson of the Board of Directors of Lawyers Helping Hungry Children. In 1991, Attorney Robert Musell uh, founded the Washington State Lawyers Campaign for Hunger Relief with the goal of raising $100,000 for local and international hunger relief. In 1997, the Board of Directors decided to focus exclusively on hungry children in Washington and changed the organization's name to Lawyers Helping Hungry Children. Since then, the organization's committed volunteers have raised hundreds of thousands of dollars for programs that feed Washington children, helping to serve more than one million meals. Welcome to Lawyer to Lawyer, Attorney Neil Phillip. Thanks very much. Uh, Well, Neil, uh, why don't you begin by telling us a little bit more uh, about Lawyers Helping Hungry Children? Well, um, the name, you know, the name really says it all. Um, you, You read the name and you you know what we do. Um, it was started, like you said, in 1991. I've been part of the group since 2001, and I've been chairperson for the last two. Um, and what we are is just a group of lawyers and, and non-lawyers who are kind of have focused on this issue. Um, the you know the hunger problem in the United States right now in Washington State as well is is uh, a huge problem. The numbers are just staggering, and it's you know I've I found when you talk to lawyers. Um, it's pretty easy to convince them that this is something they should get behind. Well, I was going to say, what are you doing specifically? I mean, how are you, how are you going about this? Are you raising money? Are you buying food? Uh, what's well, the work we, of the organization? Well, we do it in a variety of ways. Historically, what we've done um, for years and years since we began, it was we've held an annual fundraising lunch and tried to get the firms in, in Seattle involved to buy tables, come to the lunch, hear some speakers, and donate some money, and we, and we do a spring letter. And you know, lawyers have busy schedules, and and it's you know, frankly, it's amazing that we can pull off the lunch sometimes. Um, you know, things come up, people have to drop whatever they're doing, and and uh, so that's that's pretty much been what we've been able to pull off over the years. And we collect the money and and donate it to um, six beneficiary organizations um, in the Seattle area. Um, such as Northwest Harvest, um, the Children's Alliance, the City of Seattle's Summer Food Service Program, and, and, and a few more. Also, CARE, which is uh, the only international group that we donate to. But in, in talking to people, we, we, we thought, you know, we could, with maybe a little more effort, we could, we could do quite a bit more. And in the last couple of years, um, we've been reaching out to um, other lawyers around the state. I mean, we've, we've only been a King County really Seattle group um, until just recently um, we, we started contacting other lawyers around the state. And like I was just telling you, it, it became pretty easy to convince them that this is something that they should get behind. One, it makes, you know, it, it does a lot of good um, kind of a, an additional benefit is that, you know, it, it makes lawyers look good. It's good for the profession to, for the, for the public to see us out there doing these kind of things. So we've, we've uh, started a, a new chapter uh, just a few months ago in Tacoma, in Pierce County, um, and we're talking to lawyers in other counties as well. We've got um, we've got some live live ones on the on the hook, so I think that's going to happen. So now we're we're going to become a, a statewide organization, and 
Um, the way we've sort of structured the group is that um, knowing how everybody's schedules are and things come up, um, you can do as little or as much as you want. We're just going to provide lawyers with the opportunity to um, focus on this real, <clears throat> really critical issue. Um, and, you know, like I was saying, once you start talking about it, people say, yeah, yeah, we can do that. I know a couple of people who I think would be into this. And, and then we, you know, we, we ask our membership, um, who do you know in Spokane? Um, what lawyers do you know in Richland? You know, make the connections for us and, and we'll help put this together. And we've had pretty good success with that. And what's been the impact of the economy, both on the the need for well, you know, the need the the hunger situation, I guess, in Washington State, and and on the ability of your organization to uh, to raise funds and and to address these problems. Well, it's it's definitely definitely hurt our efforts. Um, although it's in some ways it's it's made you know people have been aware of the hunger problem and childhood hunger for a long time. Um, there's been plenty of research done showing that. Uh, Kids who are going hungry, who are missing nutritious meals during you know critical growth periods, uh, have problems with their behavior, um, their school performance, uh, their brain development. Um, so uh, those are the those are the facts. And uh, I think the recession has made people more aware of that. Um, President Obama has um, recommitted himself to uh, the goal of ending childhood hunger in the United States by 2015. And that is um, something that uh, is, you know, long overdue. It's 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 shameful that in the United States there are so many people going hungry, um, having to choose between getting their medicine and, and feeding their kids. But that's that's going on. One of the things that we did this this year was, uh, as a as a group, the several of us from Lawyers Helping Hungry Children went down to our capital in Olympia to participate in Hunger Action Day with uh, the Children's Alliance. And they brought people from food banks, um, churches, uh, individuals who just wanted to help uh, in, and they gave them a short talk on uh, becoming a lobbyist, basically, <laughs> and said, here's, here's what you do, here's how you do it. And they set up the meetings with legislators, and uh, we all went around in groups of eight or ten and, and told the legislators, you know, you really have to make this a priority. Unfortunately... That was the day after it was announced that Washington State had a $9 billion budget shortfall. And uh, the legislators didn't really want to hear, you got to give us more money. But um, our message that day was, whatever you do, you can't cut these programs. And I, th I think we had some, some impact there in Olympia. Well, I, I would assume that uh, uh, you would encourage uh, any of our listeners who happen to be in Washington State to volunteer. But uh, but we have uh, you know listeners from all over the world. Uh, how can others uh, support this organization? Well, the the easiest way to do it is to go to the Food Research and Action Center website, and that's uh, frac f r a c dot o r g. Um, they have ways, plenty of ways to get involved. Um, Spending a little time on Google will find local uh, local groups that help with childhood hunger, and talk to talk to other lawyers. Um, you know, this campaign started in 1991 when a bunch of lawyers got together and said, you know, we we can do some good here. Um, you know, one one of the stories that we heard in in Olympia, I was going around, and there was a gentleman from a food bank who had brought one of his customers. She she and her husband had recently 
been laid off because of the recession. They both had college degrees, and they recently had to go to the food bank for the first time in their life. And there's, there's stigma attached to that. And more and more people are facing this problem. And with a, you know, with a little effort, um, and it takes a little bit to, to get things going, but with a little effort, a group of lawyers can do a lot of good, whether it's advocacy, calling up legislators, your governor, telling them to make this a priority, um, donating money. You know, we have, we have people in our group that all they, all they do is, well, I shouldn't say all they do, but what they do is they donate money. They don't have time. They have families, hectic schedules. They can't um, go to Hunger Action Day in Olympia or something like that, but they can donate. And that's great. You know, every little bit helps. Getting more people focused on this issue um, is just what we're trying to do, making it easy for the lawyers to help, to help out. So, so it's do what you can. I, I know that you guys have a website at uh, lawyershelpinghungrychildren.org, and I know that your website provides information on volunteering opportunities and also on how to donate to your organization in particular. Um, yeah, it does. There... We have um, our website has information on donating to us. Um, of course, our money goes to uh, the Seattle area groups, um, and you know people can donate to us, and that's great. They can also donate to their to their local groups. Um, but the the main thing is getting the word out. Um, we're on Facebook. Uh, become a fan of our group on Facebook, and we post uh, ways to get involved uh, relatively frequently. Provide updates. So do that. You can become part of our group that way, um, or just help out where you live. Well, Neil, I really appreciate your taking the time to be with us today. If any of our listeners wanted to follow up with you directly, uh, how would they do that? Uh, they can email me at uh, nphilip, that's P-H-I-L-I-P, at gordonreese.com. That's G-O-R-D-O-N-R-E-E-S.com. Or just go to the website, lawyershelpinghungrychildren.org. And I apologize for my cold. Um, but <laughs> we all they can have go to the website and, and track us down through through that. Uh, this is just a great example of, of really, of, as you say, of how lawyers can just be helping their communities on a local level and uh, not only helping their communities, but, but helping to improve the, the, the reputation and the image of lawyers as well. So I, I really commend you on the great work that you're doing. And uh, I wish you a happy Thanksgiving and thanks for hey, being with us today. happy Thanksgiving to you. Thanks a lot for, for joining us. I really appreciate great. it. Thanks for having me on. Well, that about does it for Lawyer to Lawyer for today. You can find more information about all three of the organizations we were talking to today uh, at the Legal Talk Network website, legaltalknetwork.com. We'd like to wish all of our listeners a happy and safe Thanksgiving. And a special thanks to our three guests for being with us today on this day before Thanksgiving. We appreciate their taking the time to do that. And we will be back next week with another great program, Lawyer to Lawyer. Have a good Thanksgiving. Thanks for listening to Lawyer to Lawyer with J. Craig Williams and Robert Ambrogi. Every week, a new legal topic that you won't want to miss. We hope you'll listen again and check out our other shows on the Legal Talk Network. The 
The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Som. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.